mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad. Hey, that's 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 you know what that means? Well, let me hear the disgusting that you're trying to You're listening to The Bad Podcast. That's not a comment on quality. That's just an acronym with all of our last names in it. Do you believe it or not? We're not. Don't say everybody else is corrupt with you. Okay? So let me talk. Let me talk for a few minutes. I mean, you can keep saying that. Stop it. And you can keep saying Hi, it's Matt Eraldson from somewhere in Colorado this time. Wow. This is Ryan coming at you again from New York City. And this is Clement up in Wisconsin. And this is a bad podcast, as the intro told you. We've got all <laughs> sorts of stuff planned for this bad podcast. We That's right. Segments. We have segments. Hashtag segments. Hashtag segments. But also we have our... Uh, lovable random rambles um and speaking of which ryan what were you about to launch into so just now this is breaking news guys breaking Breaking news so it's not breaking (laughs) for it's not breaking for any of our listeners anymore but it's breaking for us uh trump approximately two minutes ago on his twitter feed said thanks to at p nellen for your kind words very much appreciated and uh, for those of you who don't know, I didn't know. So I was like, who's Trump thinking this time? Is it another white supremacist? No, Probably. it's not another white supremacist. It's the it? guy running for Congress against Paul Ryan. <laughs> the current speaker of the House and the most, I guess, the second most prominent Republican figure behind Donald Trump. Yeah. So he's in great company then. Right, right alongside with Uncuck America and Stop White Genocide. <laughs> So, so, so at this point, uh, and we'll we'll come back to this later with one of our segments. But you really got to be thinking, what is Paul Ryan gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and also, as we were discussing during the uh, the pre podcast party, it kind of points to the theory that Trump doesn't really want to be president. He's just terrified of winning and he has such an ego he probably is very convinced that it's a live option yeah and i well, think it is a live option i mean i don't know did you see the, you see the polls the gallup poll today that showed a 12 point swing to hillary yeah i did see that that was I unbelievable that. yeah so so yeah. For, for our listeners the polls showed 52 hillary 43 trump which puts Hillary up seven points and Trump down five since the last poll, which is that's just an incredible tends to skew slightly conservative, or they have in the past few years. Yeah, that's hmm. true. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I'm yeah, just, they actually I'm, quit doing uh, election day polling after they botched 2012. I thought they were too hard on themselves. They were only off by two percent, but they had I mean, really? everyone was off. So you know, yeah, everyone was off. <laughs> Yeah, the, the polling Except in Nate Silver. Nate Silver was, was really not bad. off in 2012. That's true. But he's he's been off ever since then. Nate Silver? Yeah, he he No, he predicted he predicted Trump from the data and just refused to actually say it and then had to do this like long ap- apology after Trump got the nomination. He's like, "Guys, I really should have just like listened to the numbers and not inserted my own bias." Well, there's an interesting uh there's an interesting article about how when Nate Silver has relied on demographics, his polling has been really, really accurate. When he's relied on aggregators, it has been very poor. Hmm. 
That's interesting. Demographics rules the day, I suppose. But he, demographics. But he cost me uh, my my college basketball bracket. So screw oh. you, Nate Silver. We're beefing. Yeah. Did you base your bracket on political stuff, or did he actually have predictions for the brackets? He had predictions for the brackets. Oh. He is employed by ESPN, right? Yeah, th- uh, 538 is uh, ESPN property. Oh, I didn't and therefore a Disney property. LOL. <laughs> the world is crazy. Mickey Mouse controls <laughs> our politics. In, well, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Increasingly so. Increasingly yeah, maybe. So. <laughs> Seemingly Mickey Mouse is running for president. <laughs> um, I'd vote for Mickey Mouse over Trump. Yeah, I guess I would. He seems to have a purity of heart that isn't found in either candidate. Um, but anyway, so that's something. So what else has happened in the news? Well, I mean, just everything's wow. terrible. The DNC is over. Hillary gave a really bad speech. It was really DNC. It was not really bad. It was terrible, and not uniquely terrible. Just Hillary is. It was terrible. just typical terrible. She's she's not the yeah. best speaker. I think it did what it needed to do. It portrayed her message. It, it did not at all do what it needed to do. What it needed to do was give Republicans permission to vote for her. And after this like weird centrist convention where Obama gets up there and gives a more Republican speech than we'd heard from most Republicans this entire cycle, yeah. Hillary closes it, closes it off by saying, I'm going to be the most left-wing president you've ever had. <laughs> like... Like, what a way to finish, lady. Like, that was, that was terrible. Yeah, the convention itself was pretty well-shaped, except for the part where, you know, they, they had a screwed, all the, screwed all the Sanders voters. Like, imagine like, how they would be doing how. it. Just, oh, man, if they had, like, Biden or something, it would be so much different because people don't hate him. They took the most hated figure by the right for the past 25 years and made her their, and made her their candidate. Yeah. Uh, it seems like strategically it, it was not not the best choice but they don't really have a way of being very i mean they can only be a little bit more strategic than the rnc and that's what got them you know yeah, not and, sanders and now the rules have changed well okay let's so i'm i'm a former sanders supporter uh, yeah. sanders wouldn't have won even if it had been pure uh like no superdelegates sure sure straight sure, up sure, vo- democratic sure. voting and now I know the argument is that, oh, but he would have won some of the states and then the momentum would have shifted and it would have been better. I don't really buy that. Well, I agree. I don't think he would have ultimately won in a fair process. And I think that the superdelegates are legitimate, as we've seen with the RNC and Trump, right? Like the superdelegates are the way to stop crazy populists, right? But... Yeah, the, the DNC is, already lost because of Mondale, so. But the problem is the way that the convention, like, handled the, handled some of the Sanders voting was, like, in my opinion, and maybe I just am wrong on this, but it seemed kind of screwball, and it also seemed like it was unnecessary given how, like, Hillary obviously was going to clean up if you just took a careful vote. yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely some screwy politics with the, and and, and it happened I, at the RNC, and I don't understand why, given the fact that you like are know who's going to win mathematically, right? Like at the RNC, at least it was like, oh well, if they change the rules and delegates vote their conscience, then something could change, right? But like there was also screwball stuff that 
wasn't that, right? It was just like spite or something. I don't know. It was spite. <laughs> Pro-Trump delegates had an overwhelming advantage on never-Trump. Yeah. Uh, and that would have been proven out if they just let them vote. Well, but and also, they didn't. As, as we discussed, I think, last week, the, you know, the conservatives behind Never Trump just don't have the protesting spirit that, right. you know, the Sanders supporters clearly did as they demonstrated throughout all of the, all of the Democratic <laughs> convention. And, and sometimes to like a ridiculous level, like they were shouting, they were protesting TPP while the former well, president the former president of the NAACP was up there talking about you know racial like healing the racial divide and things like that and they're they're protesting about TPP I'm like seriously this is the time this is this is the speaker that you're going to choose and the guy the guy who endorsed Sanders too this is the one that you're going right. to like been jealous Right. I don't I I didn't understand that at all. I was like this I really is... like the uh no more war when the when the was it the oh, army guy general john allen yep when that general john hoot. allen went up to speak and he gave he gave a really good like it was more of an anti-trump endorsement but yeah um, it, it, it i i thought his i thought that was really effective um, it's funny how except for hillary's speech now to be fair i have only heard the commentary on hillary's speech i haven't actually heard the speech it so. just sounds like her usually okay you well, know, screaming, shouting, grating, putting whoa. intonation on wrong syllables. That's a little sexist. That's not sexist. What She's grating. Margaret Thatcher sounds great, man. I, I, I like thought, I to thought Hillary, Hillary, if you're listening to the bad podcast, don't listen to these fools. You gave a great speech. And um, feel yeah, free so to you hire just me. sound like that psycho fan who wrote her and was like, you are the best person I have ever oh, known Lanny in my Davis? entire life. Yes, Lanny Davis, the the guy that he's like in all my to life, the... I have never met anyone as amazing as you. And this is like in an email to her. My grandfather was part of the same country club as Lanny Davis. Wow. Listen, I think I think I think Hillary has done some great work for constituents in the past. I think that she would make a way, like by a hundred times a thousand, better president than Donald Trump. And yeah, but then mm. but then you have to take the nuclear weapons problem. Yeah. Once you take nuclear weapons out of the equation, the math changes a lot. Not really. Yeah, I don't really think I don't actually think there's much of a difference. I mostly just like even if Trump would on balance be slightly better than Hillary, and I don't think that's the case right now. Um mostly just because, you know, he'd be a crazy person opposed by a strong bulwark of Democrats and some Republicans. But it's more that I just don't want him up there representing conservatism. Yeah, me too. Because that's a that's more embarrassing in the long run. So forget right. Him. Yeah, hopefully he'll be our Mondale McGovern. And you guys will get super delegates. And we'll get super delegates yep. and never have this problem again. Hey, we're not the Democratic Party. We're the Republican Party. Super delegates should be in our blood. Exactly. We yeah, should go I back to smoke to smoky back rooms. I agree. I'm hundred percent in favor of smoky back Charles Coke. I I just like the smoky back rooms if they have Cuban cigars because then that'd be nice. Wow. Hashtag we'll openness. Anyway, um, let's hashtag in the embargo. End the embargo. Oh, brother. Uh, but 
But anyway, so as I was going to say, except for Clinton's speech, the DNC speeches that I heard, it was it was so conservative that it almost sounded like this could be like the convention of the British Conservative Party, <laughs> right? Like they're much more liberal than the Republican Party uh, used to be until Donald Trump. But uh, you know, like the themes of like the like having the moral high ground and like. America's a great country and blah, blah, blah. It was, it was pretty funny, really. One, one Especially of the, after how many bad speeches were at the RNC, right? At, like with the plagiarism yeah. and the, you know, Trump. Well, and also the and, Giuliani being off his meds. Oh, man. Giuliani is weird. I don't understand how we, like, we, it's not like we don't have, like, articulate and smart people. We do. Trump None of them showed up. All out of the party. Yeah. None of yeah. them showed up. And as you were saying, Ryan, like they could have made a bigger publicity deal out of it if they had some activist juice in them, but they just don't. They just are used to working the institutional angle. And when you're not in the institutional power, you can't do that. Anyway. Yeah. I, th- I think. Uh... As far as the DNC sounding conservative, I think the appeal to generic American values is the right approach when you're trying to portray Trump as a bigot and an authoritarian and right. somebody who like goes against. And I think I think the shift is less conservative and more the party of democracy and you know letting the and not being a one person can fix it all which is ironic given that is some of conservative them. <laughs> no no, no that's like exact, that's like the main reason people started hating obama at the outset was because he saw himself as a messiah and his most fervent worshipers literally called him a messiah <laughs> well and i i think you're seeing some of the the issues with the obama executive overreach especially on Issues like the the citizens hit list, um, yeah. I, th- I think some of that stuff you're you're, and hopefully, Obama tries to do take back some of that, especially if it looks like a tr- we might get a Trump White House. But even if we get a Hillary Clinton White House, I don't really feel comfortable with the some of the um, drone policies that have been been put in place. And the executive power that has been enabled. Um, or like, what in the world was happening with the IRS? Right, we still haven't really done much about that. Well, well they're just underfunded, Matthew. <laughs> always, I'm sure always they're perpetually underfunded. underfunded. Just like Venezuela's problem was not enough deficit spending. <laughs> oh, that's a fun news segment. Can we? Are we done with the DNC? Can we talk about Venezuela? Well, I just I just want to say Michelle Obama's speech was amazing. It was good. It was good. it was it was amazing, and you just don't want to admit it. I didn't. Uh, what I declared it on Facebook. I know you like, did. I'm talking. I only mad. saw part of it, so I can only say it was good. I didn't listen to the whole thing. You can say it was amazing. It's okay. The part that I heard was fine, but amazing requires you just listening to the good whole to thing. Fine. She's okay. a much better speaker than her husband, that's for sure. Good grief. Let's quickly... Yeah, which is uh, amazing. Pivot to uh, Venezuela. Yeah. So, latest update from Venezuela. 
forced labor camps. <laughs> We're not even kidding. The most stereotypical conservative predictions of socialist failure are once again coming true. Oh, in... but they're also getting creative ones. The thing I just I just saw now, did you see that they're now erecting a border wall to prevent people crossing it to buy groceries? <laughs> yes. I did oh, see man. this. The, there's the huge traffic backup on the bridge. People trying to get to Columbia to buy food, <laughs> so and they weren't letting people across. And when's the last time you heard the phrase, people trying to get to Columbia? Right? I mean... Drug trafficking, I, I guess. I guess I, that's heard, probably the last uh, time you heard it. Yeah, a lot of rock stars trying to get their cocaine fix. I don't know. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, they're going full-on crate. What, what is baffling to me is they have like this practically a supermajority in the Congress, but they can't impeach Maduro? Like, what kind, of, what kind of system is this that allows you to create forced labor camps and, you know, pen people into your country uh, without, like, and, and it still has a democratic element. And this is Doesn't where... does the military run everything? I thought the military just backed Maduro. Sorry? I thought the military backed Maduro. Uh, yeah, but even so, constitutionally, he still was, is like a democratically in authority. Like, the Constitution is wacky. But my point is just, even, even with a Constitution that has democratic elements in it, if it's structured in such a way to, you know, have perpetual power for someone who puts people in forced labor camps and and pens them in to their own country, then, like, kind of the point of having a democracy is lost. When you can I, win... I don't know. I mean, they had Chavez for so many years. I, I'm not surprised that their government is terrible. Like, right. I, I, I just... I wouldn't expect anything to fix Venezuela at this point other than a utter violent collapse of the entire society. And then maybe they'll put themselves back together after 60 years. Well, there's always the Chile option. <laughs> dun, they were dun, not dun, nearly dun. as far gone as Venezuela. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I think that I think that the problem is there's so many people on the dole that like people still vote for him. You know, people still vote for the false promises instead of I mean, the other solution could be if the country surrounding Venezuela pursue more and more market reforms and have standards of living go up, then people might figure out that like voting for these crazy false promises is not the solution. But I guess I just like, like what more evidence do they need? Like if you want to, the forced labor like, camps. Af- like after Chavez, like it's their own country. Was that not evidence enough? Yeah. Of false promises and him ruining everything. Yeah. But I, this kind of plays into the whole, like, you know, democracy is a necessary but not sufficient condition to a good political system. And yep. it really matters where it takes its place and how it functions because you can use it to just be a rubber stamp well, on yeah, dictatorship. It, right, exactly. A, a democracy... Where one person you're electing one person to have all the power. I don't know if that's really a democracy. That's more of just a 
people's abdication to an authoritarian ruler. I mean, I and think it's it, a democracy, it's a though, democracy. because you've democratically chosen the ruler. Well, but it, I, I mean, democracy like, is just democracy. All that defines is like who rules. And in democracy, it's the person chosen by the people. That's why we use the that's word a liberal. Right? Because well, we can be have illiberal democracy and liberal democracy. Well, liberal democracies the... have protections for people that aren't right. easily changeable by one person, but illiberal democracies can be any kind of, you know, mob rule scenario. Yeah, that's you know, why I'm even... just saying democracy without, without adjectives. But isn't the America is a democracy? Isn't but, the idea you know, of, we're also we're also a republic? Isn't the right. idea to get the power decision, the power making down as close to the people as possible? So the idea of having no. one ruler that even if the people elect him, that wouldn't be very democratic. I mean, not necessarily. That is liberalism in the classical sense. Which That's is the idea great. that people, yeah. <laughs> Classical but, liberalism is great, and I would just use that term more if it weren't so long yeah, and unwieldy. Long. Like Debbie Washman Schultz's name. <laughs> or Alison Lundegren Grimes. No, well, her name is nice, though. It flows. It's a fairy tale name. It is kind of a fairy tale name. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean, I think it all depends. Like, you're right, Ryan, that the convention in, like, international relations circles seems to be to use democracy to denote, like, all the nice things that could be done in the framework of a political system. But I think that what the problem is, is there are lots of methods of government that involve the people in one way or another participating in politics and then not getting all of those nice goodies on the other side. Right. And it's very confusing that we use democracy both to denote people are participating in government and people are participating in government and it's having all of these positive structural outcomes that we want. Well, maybe there's, maybe there's like procedural democracy and substantive democracy where the procedural democracy is like the process of people getting to vote and that kind of stuff. Whereas the structure... Yeah. The substantive democracy is the fact that there's not one person making all the decisions and that power is flowing to the people more than... Yeah, but then it's, I mean, it's confusing because you could even have... So, for example, if we had no constitution and just had, like, Congress, you know, that would be... That could, that could be its own kind of problem, you know, where... You know, you can just use salami tactics to pass laws banning, you know, representatives. And suddenly, like, the people, in a, not one person, but, like, uh, representatives of the people are making all of the laws. But, like, it's still bad, you know. And, and you could have, like, what we have, which is a democracy where power is divided, but it's so centralized in... The federal level, I mean, not compared to other countries, but absolutely, it's so centralized at the federal level that, like, as far as lots of power being with the people, we just really don't have a lot of that, right? Like, otherwise, it would be so much easier for people to not be tricked into voting for Trump, right? If, if abortion law was not set by the president indirectly through Supreme Court justice appointments, right? Like, he'd have zero argument. But 
as it stands, you know, we don't have much decentralization because every time someone loses on the decentralized level, they are just like, well, I'll just make everyone do this on a higher level where I have a better angle. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's just a long, long, terrible trend in American politics since, uh, I mean, I guess technically since Woodrow Wilson, but FDR was the first one that actually got the people to believe it, of turning the presidency into a monarchy, where everything becomes about the presidency, and if you don't win, if you're not the if you're not the party that's currently in charge, you feel like an exile in your own country, to use uh, Kevin D. Williamson's phrase for it. Yeah, although to be fair to FDR, I mean, he he didn't even really need to. I mean he didn't even really need to make it all about the presidency because he just led such a powerful coalition that he just took over every branch of government. Well, except for the Supreme court, which like, he would have. He did. Yeah. So like he, <laughs> he still did. And he so he was going to pack it. Well, that's the thing. That's well, the thing, right? Like that's complicated. He, the, <laughs> how's it complicated? Because he would, he would never have been able to get away with packing it. But why? Oh, not? I don't care whether he was going to. I care about the threat, the threat itself. Right. The threat, the threat in and of itself enabled the switch in, switch in time that saved nine. Yeah, the, the switch in constitutional interpretation that doomed the republic. Um, Wait, but, you're a, you're a fan of uh, the, the laissez-faire. Supreme Court interpretation of economic regulation. As far yes. as like, I guess this shouldn't be surprising to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said uh, dejectedly. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. That's um, all right. But yeah, commerce between states has to be commerce between states. Contra Filburn or whatever it was, Booker V. Filburn. You can't. Wallard. That that's the one where they. Uh, they got mad at someone for growing their own grain at at their farm, in, right? Wicker, oh, yeah, Wicker, yeah, Wicker v. Filburn's the corn. I remember or when the wheat case. When I learned about that, I was like, "Wow, that is the moment everything went to hell." Although I was later persuaded that Mun v. Illinois was when everything went bad, but I don't remember. There was what a lot that of successive about. cascading badness. In the Supreme Court in the 20th century, ah man, um, but not just the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, again, I am always, I'm always inclined to blame the American people as long as the procedure of our democracy is still functioning. Right, I agree. I blame, I blame the people before rulers because they chose their rulers. Right. There's not a lot of situations where you can really point to instances in American history where the people elected someone who said he or she would do a lot of great things, and then they went and did, like, really terrible things instead. Right. Like, contrary to what they said they were going to do. Well, I think that actually this that FDR... Really happen. I think this FDR case is actually one of the exceptions, because this is one of the times where the Supreme Court justices were, you know, basically bullied into having completely wrong interpretations that would change the course of jurisprudence for forever and before fdr i mean i don't think that there is much in i mean i don't really know so maybe ryan if you know about the history of these justices you can enlighten us but i don't think there was much indication that they were going to go along with fdr and of course 
FDR probably had the ability to just impeach the justices because he had such amazing majorities in Congress. But, you know, that's when I would say that then the people are to blame because the people elect the congressmen who impeach the justices. And, but, you know, yeah, I like think if the people, justices if people cared are about completely the American, system, the American people would have risen in outrage that the president mm. had just tried to strong arm the court into doing what he wanted it to do. But they didn't. Because well, the American people worshipped FDR and wanted all the promises he was giving them. And, you know, I don't blame him for going along with that. It's what is his platform he's elected on. So Then maybe what I'd say is there's plenty of blame to go around. Because I still want to blame the justices who were elected as, or were, who, are, who were appointed as, like, normal judges. Oh, and you mean them for came. not, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm happy to blame the justices a lot because they're not elected officials. Right. They don't have constituents to answer to. Yeah. But here, yeah, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing is that the shit there's there was a shift from in like the early 1900s there was a shift to this laissez-faire and then there was a shift back during FDR. So it's it's just these changes in prevailing theories of of how to interpret the constitution it doesn't imply that there was one any there's any original interpretation that should have been used with regards to regulations because the Supreme Court upheld regulations on, you know, the working day before the Lochner era started and they started being like, nope, states can't regulate anything regarding contract and limits to contract and wages and things like that. And I mean... Then the FDR era, that changed again. They said, okay, you can start regulating these See, areas. I would, I would be, I'd want to look at the cases individually because I don't just know it all off the top of my head. But I would say that whatever the history is, that's not, in my opinion, that's not really an argument for and against their, or, or against their being like a particular interpretation or they're not being a particular interpretation that the Supreme Court is supposed to adhere to. And obviously I would say that there is one, um, but more just that it's not like the Supreme Court was following it to a T before FDR and then stopped, which I think is what my impression is that not, not some, maybe not to a T, but pretty significantly there was no, there was no real concept of, you know, just this living constitution thing um, until until that era, or at least until the 1900s. But that would be something to look into sometime, because that would be interesting. The living constitution was definitely a, a 20th century ideal. Woodrow Wilson was a huge fan, on account of him trying to, you know, get rid of the constitution entirely. But Wait, what? I'm not saying Woodrow Wilson was the worst president in American history and basically Mussolini, but he was you, the worst president in American history. So what you're saying is you'd like to endorse Woodrow Wilson, but... Oh, is, uh, is this leading into our segment? Is this, is this what's happening? All right, have yeah, fun, so guys. We're switching. So, so, Matt, you want to introduce the segment since you came in yeah. up with the name for it? So this segment is going to be coined... Uh, 
Oh shoot! I oh I forgot what. It, oh, I, I, Ryan Dorsing. It's a pun. Yeah. Hashtag Ryan Dorsing. Ryan Dorsing. And, and it's not me, of, Ryan. It's Paul Ryan Dorsing. Based it's on also the fact this that Ryan. Paul Ryan. Oh, sure. And it's this Ryan. But it's basically based on the fact that... Basically based. It's based on the fact that Paul Ryan's endorsement of Trump is pretty much the last time we heard something nice about Trump from Paul Ryan. Um, and that's probably going to change even... We might not be able to use this anymore because he might rescind his endorsement after Trump just said... <laughs> praised his primary opponent <laughs> yeah so this is a this is a very uh fleeting fleeting segment possibility no we're, we're um, keeping it though paul ryan will never live down his ryan dorsing of trump <laughs> right uh, if he gets to be speaker during the hillary reign i think he'll live it down you think so yeah he'll be really annoying to, uh, to the liberals he's annoying right now to me <laughs> His annoyingness will will switch sides. We'll, we'll reset. Yes, precisely. Um, but anyway, so what are some things we want to Ryan Dorse today, hmm. guys? I can't. I just don't think like that. I have too much integrity. <laughs> you can't think of something that you'd want to complain about, but in a really backhanded way. Clement, you could Ryan Dorse the pistol the pistol emoji change. I would oh, never endorse that because it's sinful and despicable and a harbinger of the end times. Wow. I I will go ahead and Ryan endorse the uh the water gun emoji. Uh so but of course with that come the caveats, which is it's stupid and pointless and why did they change it? Just because So you're not it's really endorsing violent. it. That's what it means to Ryan endorse something. I think Paul Ryan really is endorsing Trump. Yes, in the most I, technical sense of saying I endorse Trump. Then why would you endorse a water a change from the gun emoji to the water pistol emoji? What possible motive do you have for that? I am to, I, you yeah, have to look for an endorsement that is keenly self-serving and desperate and no, being no, no, you're being way too between literal. your gritted teeth. I agree. You're being way too literal. It's, yeah, it's, think, it's just Ryan endorsing. So, so here, listen, I Ryan endorse brushing your teeth. I Ryan Doris brushing your teeth. I hate the way it always takes up two minutes of my evening. I just want to be in bed. Brush and then faster. if I want to drink, if I want to drink some orange juice, it's a done yeah. deal. I can't do Plan anything ahead. after I brush my teeth. But I Ryan Doris brushing your teeth. See, I feel like we don't agree on the basic concept because <laughs> to me. You actually want to endorse brushing your teeth at the end of it. I do. I do. I, I, I endorse, I Ryan endorse brushing your teeth, but I, I generally have negative things to say about brushing teeth. Okay. Well, I guess we should just go with the most, uh, the most liberal meaning since we did just coin the idea and we want to be able to fill this segment with something. We'll uh, let the term evolve over time. I'll let you guys handle that. <laughs> Perfect. It'll be a living hashtag. A living hashtag. I, I'm fine with that. That that can be part of the original intention, since we're right in the very beginning stages of the evolution I, of this word. Here's another thing I Ryan endorse. I Ryan endorse Harambe jokes. I Ryan endorse <laughs> Harambe jokes. I play but, a lot of Overwatch, so I, I've seen enough Harambe jokes to last me a lifetime. Uh, Harambe, Harambe was a sensitive creature, and we should be making light of his death. And the jokes are really overplayed, 
and it's a segment of the internet population that really likes to use them all the time. And they've gotten not very funny, but sometimes there's one that's funny. So I Ryan endorse Harambe jokes. I wholeheartedly endorse Harambe jokes. I I don't know what the what the alternate endorsement is there. What is this a uh, Tom Cotton endorsement maybe? No, but then I'd just get tongue tied when Jeffrey Goldberg corners me in some cafe later. I need, yeah, I need a different endorsement. Rush Limbaugh maybe. Oh man. No, well, no. Jeffrey Goldberg had a really um, awkward interview with Tom Cotton a while back, asking him, like, given your foreign policy, like, why do you support Trump? And Cotton just kind of doesn't give a great answer and just like, is this horrible? It's really embarrassing. That's pretty great. It's recounted. He has an article uh, in the Atlantic recently about it. But Clement, don't you want to Ryan Dorse No Man's Sky? Oh. Ah. Uh... Because do. I don't know, I can't endorse. Like, what am I endorsing? You're just I have technically no, I have no endorsing stake it. it, right? But you, you're just using what's terrible? Are you going to buy it? If I don't it? Endorse Are you going to play it? No, you're not going to buy it or play good. it. I'm going to wait and see the re- what the reviews are like. Hmm. Yeah, I guess you can't. I'm not, I'm not interested in it. I can rant about it though. I think it's going to be a disaster of a game. I think it's massively overhyped. There's a reason we haven't seen any new gameplay in the past two years, aside from a guy, like, shooting a poorly animated pistol at another space cop. Uh, it's a ridiculous concept, and they've shoehorned a bunch of meaningless features that nobody cares about into the game. Like, oh, you, like, you're on this planet. Wow, it's so new. This planet, no one's been here before. And then, like, some random goat headbutts your knee, and then you're like, ah, don't attack me, and you shoot back. But then because you shot the goat, the space cops come after you, and all of a sudden, this untouched planet is swarming with flying robots who are shooting lasers at you, and you have a little star ranking in the upper right of your screen that indicates how wanted you are by the space cops. That's pretty And this is on every single world. Yes. Grand Theft Spaceship. Space cops that are on every single planet in the galaxy, all five quintillion of them, or whatever. Sounds like that's the stupidest concept ever. Wow. I want so what I wanted for No Man's Sky when I heard about it originally was that there would actually be like some very like you'd have a world that would be like covered in canyons or or something, and there would be like floating mountains, or we have not even seen a literal canyon. In No Man's Sky videos yet. Everything is Scotland. It's just like vague rolling hills and occasionally an ocean. Scotland's nice, but I don't want every planet in the galaxy to look like a different colored Scotland. I, heard, I saw a desert once. Yeah, so it's way. a desert with rolling hills and then occasionally an ocean. Dang it, he's right. Um, anyway, well, here's I something think, yeah, to Ryan Dorse yeah. in the video game world. I, I have an am- Pokemon Sun and Moon. <laughs> Wait, they haven't come out yet. Oh, well, I, oh, I already, but the I already trailer them. I don't did. care what they're going to do. And it's pretty... I really question the Alola forms. Alola? What does that yeah. mean? Uh, I don't know. It it's a corruption Aloha. of Aloha, obviously. And lol, or I don't even know what's going on there. I Maybe it's so. the Japanese word for Aloha. Wouldn't I mean, that the be Japans the Japans love Hawaii, after all. The, did you just say the Japans? Sorry, it's a <laughs> long... Wrong pronunciation. Yeah, there's a long there's a long story behind it. Okay. Um yes, well anyway, yeah, the Japans do love Hawaii and they have featured themselves in some of the native Hawaiian Pokémon, which is pretty fun. Uh obviously it's good that Pokémon is made by Japanese people or else it would be obviously racist. 
but whatever. Um, Wait, I don't understand what's going on. What racist Pokemon? What are you talking about? Well, just like they put in some Pokemon that are like native to the Alola Islands, but they're like clearly supposed to be Japanese people, right? To in to as a as a kind of reference to the the fact that lots of right, exactly as a reference to the fact that a lot of people in Hawaii are Japanese or Pacific Islander, right? Um, but. Like obviously, only Nintendo, only only Pokemon could like really get away with that without. That is true. Like yeah, they, they, they've done it. a lot of stuff. Yeah, well, like, it's like, if, how, if it's like Jinx, was making Pokemon. It's like how Jinx is pretty racist, but you know, it's Japan oh, yeah, and they Jinx didn't understand is, Jinx is that. Super racist. Oh, they, they they totally understood it. They just didn't care. You think so? Like, they knew it was a racial caricature. They know it's a racial caricature. It just doesn't matter as much to them. Like in the United Kingdom, where people will swear a lot more, and they call it profanity, but they don't care. Mm. Interesting. So for them, making a golly is it called a gollywog or pollywog? No, golly. I think it's called gollywog dolls. Is a doll that was a caricature. Oh, blackface. Yeah. Oh. And that's basically what Jinx is based off of, like that slash blackface. Because yeah. her younger form, Smoochum, is basically a gollywog doll. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing with those, right? Like, those are, I'd say, definitely bad. But, like, <laughs> depicting your own, like, depicting Japanese people depicting Caricatures Japanese of people, your own race like, or nationality. It seems like it could be fine, right? Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Maybe. I, like if there's a I, don't, bit- I mean, I don't really have a problem with it if other people do either. It's just like, are you offended by this? If the fact that it was made by a Japanese person makes you less offended, okay, great, but right. whatever. But like, even if they did like a cowboy Pokemon, right, like whatever. But it does seem like the have- stereotypes for Jinx are particularly like questionable. Yeah, it's fortunate that Jinx isn't a very useful Pokemon, so we don't have any like moral quandaries here. Like, huh, should we or should we not use Jinx in battle? She's a, she's trash. No one Though I her. always wanted Jinx and Mr. Mime to be able to breed, but <laughs> wow, uh, and perform and have like not perform and create some kind of uh, fuse Pokemon, but no dice. That would be. Beyond mortifying. <laughs> it's like be, the dragon, so they do the Dragon the Ball Z fusion dance. Oh, no. So I guess Alola, then, is that's right. That's the name of the islands in which the game's taking place. Oh, right. got it, got it. So okay. what they're doing with the, the Alola stuff is they're adding these new things called Alola forms, where they're basically, I don't know how it takes place in the game, but there's a way to transform a Pokemon into its Alola form. Maybe there's a stone. And they did this with a bunch of legendaries before, like where you could like like have them like look at a mirror or something, and it would like change into a different form. So it would look different and have different stats. And have different typing. But I guess now they're doing it for, yeah, and sometimes the typing would change. So I guess now they're doing that for um, like ordinary Pokemon. It's not an evolution. I'm assuming it's reversible. Right, so, I think like, you're right. So, like, Sand Shrew and Sand Slash can change into this, like, Ice Slash Steel form. And Ooh. Bullpix and Ninetales can turn into an Ice Fairy. And my favorite, because it's so ridiculous, Executor turns into a Grass Dragon. And I love looks that. looks like an actual palm tree, and it's, like, 20 feet tall. Ooh. It's really silly looking. It's the best thing, because I love Executor, cool. and he's completely useless otherwise. I, I mean, I don't know. They're they're interesting, and as long as they're doing it to Pokemon that already, like, no one cares about, like, 
Sand Slash, which is a worthless Pokemon, you know, maybe it'll be useful now. We'll find out. Yeah. There's some weird stuff. I just hope it doesn't get too gimmicky, because part of what I like to see is just a huge pile of, like, 100 new Pokemon who aren't gimmicky, and they're just kind of interesting, and they do slightly different things, and I like shaking up the meta and saying viable stuff. I, I don't agree. care about gimmicks like Chatot, but the Pokemon is in the game purely to use this move where you, like, scream into your 3DS microphone, <sighs> and then when Chatot uses chatter on people, they hear you screaming at them in the game. That's horrible. Like, that's the whole reason it exists. The Pokemon itself is worthless. Well, I think that the issue, the issue that I have with it is also the gimmick problem, right? Like, they added Mega Evolutions, which I really didn't like. And now this, uh, I think it's gimmicky. Not a gimmick. They're totally, totally, there's like a huge, they totally shook up the competitive meta because they added so many of them. Yeah. If they added like two, it'd be a problem. There's like 30. And they're, they're like a whole competitive thing because you don't know if a Pokemon is going to Mega Evolve when the battle starts. And you yeah. can do really clever switches like Gyarados is water flying, and if you know you're about to get hit by an electric move, suddenly, bam, Mega Evolution, drop the flying type, it doesn't kill you. Yeah. There's I, fun stuff like that. I, I mean, I get that it can be, like, useful for having, um, you know, like, more nuanced strategy stuff, but... I don't know. It just seems like once you, open, about. once you open that gate, though, you end up with things like Alola forms and then, you know, Hoenn forms and like Super Hoenn forms and, you know, baby Aloha forms. And it's oh, just like, all, there's always crap in every generation. See, this is why I can't really Ryan endorse Pokemon 7 because I did already, like, I already pre-ordered them. So both of the games. So hmm. I'm obviously more committed here than... So you're, despite what I can complain about. Yeah, so you're like a you're like a Chris Christie endorsement. You're Christie yeah, endorsing. Yeah, this won't end with me like with a ball and chain stuck in my mouth, walking around <laughs> naked on Trump's living room floor. That's a good point. I don't. At least I hope not. Greek, make me a bath. Wouldn't that be quite a quite a twist if it quite actually did end up like that? Hmm. <laughs> if you're ordering Pokemon. Seven. That's that's really in you becoming <laughs> turning no. into obese bondage, Chris Christie. That's, that's, yeah. that's his Alola form. There you go. Nice. Wow. Totally unrecognizable. A oh, reek, reek type. Uh, oh yeah. Reek type. <laughs> um. Anyway, what other <laughs> segments do we have? We're we running have, out of time. We we should do a uh, hashtag LOL. Nothing matters. Real quick. Uh, yeah, yes. well, you already stole my gun emoji, so I, that was actually going to be my entry oh, for that. Oh, no. So well, I, have my new, I have my new thing. It's the great uh, article by Sonny Bunch in the Washington Post today. Um, I think it's titled, Republicans Buy Movie Tickets too." Basically documenting how the new Ghostbusters reboot with the all-female cast, yep. made by Paul Feig, or Feig, or however he pronounced his last name, uh-huh. um, bombed. In the box office, comparatively, given the budget, the you director himself imagined. said they'd have to make like $500 million to break even, and they're far short of that. They haven't even passed the not-inflation-adjusted original take for the first movie. Wow. So, it may have to do something with the fact that not only did they make an all-female Ghostbusters reboot, they marketed it as such and leaned into all the implications of that to the point where the director was openly mocking fans of the original movie on Twitter for not liking his take on the reboot. 
So it turns out that offending oh, half of the country, like going out of your way to offend them when you have to, you know, push a project, a product as big as a movie, eats into your success. The same thing happened with Michael Bay's weird Benghazi movie. They, like, really leaned into it and put, like, unrelated clips of Hillary Clinton in the trailer. Surprise, the movie was not as much a disaster as Ghostbusters, but still kind of a disaster at the box office. I liked the new Ghostbusters. I mean, of course you did, but you're like a Brooklyn hipster, like, snorting quinoa or something. You know me. <laughs> we do know you, Ryan, we snorting the quinoa. We ch- uh, actually, it's more kale nowadays. Uh, but, are we back know. to kale? Already? I thought back we already kale. did kale. It's an endless like cycle. Ago. Actually, uh, the quinoa Aka- kale cycle. A uh, uh, berries are very nice when snorted. Uh, very good uh, pronunciation of a. Is that how they're pronounced? Because that was a joke in Bojack that no one actually knows how they're pronounced. <laughs> I think that's how it's pronounced. I don't know. I, and I would pronounced. know I'm a Brooklyn hipster, right? Ahai. I always hope that it was like a sigh because of the facade. A K letter. A K. Or a Kai. A Kai. I feel like everyone pronounces Aren't they just it like a Kai. expensive blueberries. Yeah. Have you guys seen the new Ghostbusters? No. No. I'm not I have no interest in it. Then I mean then again, I didn't really like the original Ghostbusters it's, either. So I mean it's, it's an it's, okay. It's pretty funny. It seems boring. Kate, Kate McKinnon's funny. I'm just not a fan of like broad humor, like people hitting each other and like like jokes about fat people and you know it's actually know. it's actually less that, that the humor the humor's a little bit better than that it's not as like crude well then someone made a terrible trailer because the trailer like there was not there wasn't even a joke in it yeah the, tra- the like, trailer the, the whole trailer was like someone makes an like says something weird and then it's like uh and then the music like cuts out like those like the records skip like eh! and you see like middle Alyssa mccarthy like raise an eyebrow and then the music cuts back in the scene switch and i'm like i am so through it this is like an <laughs> owen wilson nightmare uh, chris 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 hemsworth was also really funny he he's plays, the only the only good thing I heard about the movie was that he like did a really good job in his role. Yeah, he's really funny. Except that there's kind of the, the inclusion of him as like a sexy hunk that is only there to be ogled doesn't really make sense considering the first movie because she, the secretary was not sexy at all. Like that's not why she was there in the first place. So I'm not sure what kind of statement they're trying to make. Yeah, I don't know. I I just thought he he was a, he was a funny character. Also, the fact that he's like. The only one that shows up to apply for the job um, helps, but yeah, it's, it. I I I like it. I liked uh, Ghostbusters. I thought it was pretty funny. I have. It's been a long time since I've seen the original, so it just makes really me really remember. nervous now that you also delivered your uh, endorsement of Suicide Squad, but then you said the new Ghostbusters is funny. Su- well, Suicide Squad was fantastic. I, I highly recommend it. Let's uh, what's your what's your little nothing matters, Ryan? Uh, so I don't know if you guys saw this, but it it relates to the Roger Ailes uh sexual harassment things that are coming down. It shook up Fox News. Um, but Trump was interviewed about Roger Ailes. Uh. And Trump has been, like, defending Roger Ailes and saying, well, these women said such wonderful things about him at one point, so I don't know. Their claims seem suspicious. I don't really believe them. 
and uh, he was asked, you know, what he would tell his what he would tell Ivanka to do if she were in a situation like that. And he's like, she well, if yeah, and he said, well, I'd like to think that she'd just find another career and, you know, just leave. <laughs> that actually is pretty consistent from him. Yeah, it's consistent. It's just another LOL, nothing matters. He'll say that <laughs> and nothing will, like, his core support will stay strong and they'll be like, well, yeah, you know, they should just leave. You know, right. being or harassed, you just he leave. Doesn't know, or he didn't mean that, right? Oh, no, like, yeah, he didn't mean, he didn't the mean infinite it. infinite forgivability. The, 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 the media is, is misconstruing, they're, they're slandering him. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, we're taking it out of context. I'm gonna steal Clements' uh, suggested "lol nothing matters" on the Trump and Ukraine problem. Oh, we should do get to bring that up. I was just trying to avoid Trump entirely. Yeah, that's fair, but it's so preposterous. We have to talk about it in this segment. It is pretty great. Um, so basically, after last week uh, saying that we wouldn't defend our NATO allies, maybe if they didn't pay up. Um, and everyone kind of freaking out over that, but then nothing really mattering with that. Uh, this last, or maybe over the last few days, Trump has said that Putin uh, didn't go into Ukraine with the notable fact that he definitely did in Crimea. <laughs> and we were all there for that just like a few years ago. And in fact, there have been like very recent news stories about Google Maps um, you know, flip-flopping on whether or not they're going to use the Russian or Ukrainian um, names for the cities in Crimea. So it's not like this, is, this, this has disappeared. Um, and then he's, he's flipped back off of that, saying that Putin wouldn't be in Ukraine if Trump were president. Um, but it's pretty obvious that that's just like his, backtrack. His, his handling people being like we're gonna definitely not say what you definitely said yeah but it just we're gonna but again what why it belongs in the segment it doesn't matter as you said ryan like he's 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 teflon teflon don teflon right? don he can't do any wrong and his supporters would be happy to be on either side of the argument like either crimea was never part of ukraine or or, of course, you know, Putin wouldn't dare mess with one of our best friends, Ukraine, if Trump were president. Yeah. So, who knows? Um, anyway, knows? do we have anything else to cover before we sign off? I think that's it for today. Wow. Go Bad Podcast. We are back. Back We're on a back roll. Back in action. Um, we will be with you all again in the near future. And signing off, my Twitter handle is at M.A. Aroldson. And mine is R-Y-D-Y Guy. As ever, you can try to figure out what Clement was thinking about years ago on his Twitter. And or, Clement. or you can follow Sunny Bunch on Twitter at Sunny Bunch. Oh, well, I forgot to announce my feud with Sunny Bunch. Is that you're just you're, declaring you have a fear Sonny Bunch, your culture <laughs> opinions are awful, and you should fight me. Oh, my God. Sonny Bunch is the magnificent uh, editor-in-chief. He's the executive editor at the Washington Free Beacon. 
And to tell you why you should be following him, his newspaper. It's a horrible website respectable dissembling repressive inanity and it's also a lowbrow neoconservative anti-hillary blog to use the common parlance in the new york times low uh, lowbrow their their culture opinions are lower than lowbrow they're like they're like cavemen unibrow wasn't it anti-hillary uh, kate upton blog neoconservative website on the internet <laughs> don't we get to use the word rag somewhere in here i don't know a i don't dec- know if anyone a ever decadent a rag, rag. About what was the decadent quote rag? with the word decadent in it? It was so funny. I'm pretty sure they were called decadent at some point. <laughs> it, it anyway, really just great. his Regardless, most recent tweet is him. He's announcing four Pinocchios to someone saying that he's usually funny. So he agrees with you, Ryan. He agrees with you that he is the most terrible person. He has a graph that he deploys at times no, to I'm, show I'm, where he ranks. I'm not saying he's a terrible person. Of the internet. I'm not saying he's a terrible person. His opinions are just bad. No, he agrees with you. He also agrees that you're wrong for not agreeing with him, though. Boom. What a Well, paradox. the thing is, is he, he, would, <laughs> he would like it if I said he was a terrible person. I just think his ideas are bad, and he's not very yes, funny. Yes, well, people have told him that, too, and it's very rare to see him get serious. And the only way to get serious is to deny reality while being a Trump supporter to his face. Mm. You can do it, he's, Ryan. Go full or, crazy. Or Be Trump. Um, tell him that think, you know, I, I the empire wasn't justified in blowing up Alderaan, and then he gets very serious. Yeah, that's just that's just craziness. Well, it's anyway. not trolling if it's true. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, and you can follow the <laughs> and you can follow the the whole hey, we crew have a at Real Bad Podcast on Twitter. Because we're real bad. We're real bad, but really, it's just that we're the legitimate bad podcast Twitter handle. So, uh, will is there talk an with illegitimate one soon enough? Oh, there yeah, could there be. We're so ha- there's an app, bad podcast. Lol, that's funny. And we're s- gonna be so popular that that's totally gonna get. You oh know, yeah, even up. more parody yep. accounts. We already have like 20 likes on Facebook, so watch yes. out. Here uh, we come, world. Here we come, world. Also, we have a Facebook page, so like us on Facebook. And if we had a YouTube page, we'd advertise it here, but we don't. Anyway, we don't. we'll talk to you later. Hello. Bye, everyone. Trump Bye. is the absolute. Worst.